What's up? Thank you for tuning in to this UF Student Podcast. We're so excited that you stopped by to listen. If you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram or Twitter at CUF Students. I feel like there's a little excitement in 2018. And I got to say, I fully approve, all right? Because I think it's just, it's just a small taste of what I believe the rest of this year, this entire year is going to be. Um, it's going to be an amazing year. Um, it's going to be a year that I believe God's just going to blow our minds. And so um, here's what I'm asking you to do for the next little bit. All right. So maybe, maybe you haven't been here in a long time. Uh, maybe this is your first time. Maybe you're here every single week that you can possibly be here. So I'm talking to everybody with a pulse tonight. For the next few minutes, I really need you to focus. I really need you to pay attention. And it's not so that I can feel good about what um, words come out of my mouth. Um, it's because I believe that for the next few moments, we have the opportunity to rally around an idea that could make a colossal impact in this world. And I say that because I believe it and because I believe in you being a part of that and God doing great things through this group of students. So I want to pray and then I'm going to ask that you um, put the light sticks down for just a little bit. We're going to crank them back out here in just a little bit. All right. Um, so as I pray, go ahead and get your light sticks, throw those down on the ground for a minute, and then get ready to be intentional about focusing and engaging tonight. God, we thank you for tonight. God, I thank you for loud music. I thank you for instruments and musicians that can sing and dance and play instruments better than I ever could imagine. God, I'm incredibly grateful for your word and for your truth and for um, the direction that you want to give us to have the best possible life. And so, God, I pray that we would be able to focus on that. God, speak very, very clearly to us tonight. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so, I talk about my kids a lot, and I want to set up tonight talking about my youngest, Camden. Um, Camden is a fireball. Camden is dramatic. Everything Camden does, he's all in. I mean, he's 100% down with whatever's going on. I love, love, love Christmas time with Cam. Um, his birthday is coming up, and he is so amped about his birthday. But the best part about Christmas with Camden is um, he's that kid that no matter what he opens as a gift, he's, like, just blown away. Like, can't believe. I mean, he'll, he will open up a pair of socks, and he'll be like, socks! I, I love socks! I can't believe you got me socks! He's like, that's awesome! And then he goes to the next thing, and he's like, Ugly sweater! I can't believe it! Like, he's just like, I'm, and I'm not exaggerating. Like, there's veins popping out in his neck. His face is red. He's dancing. He is, he is extreme. He is to the max, no matter what he's doing, unless he's asleep. And even when he's asleep, he is sleeping hard. That kid is all over the place, all over the bed, and never wakes up. It's insane. The reason I tell you that is because just this past weekend, um, Camden is um, a little bit... Um, slower in picking up baseball than Braden was, and that's totally okay, but all of a sudden he's decided that he wants to be a baseball player. He wants to play baseball. Um, he's always been really kind of more geared towards football and soccer, and so I said, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go throw the ball, and he's thrown the ball with me before. We've played catch, and he's played some baseball and t-ball, so we get out in the backyard, and me and Cam are throwing the ball, because if you're going to be a 
better baseball player, if you're going to be a good baseball player, you've got to practice, right? It's not just going to happen accidentally. If there's someone in the room and you've never played baseball, you've never played softball, and I brought you up here and I had a pitching machine set on about 75 miles per hour, and I gave you 10 pitches to hit, most likely you would miss all 10, all right? That's just the reality of life. Things don't happen by accident. They happen on purpose. And so I told Cam, I said, Cam, in order for you to be a good baseball player, you got to be able to throw the ball, you got to be able to catch the ball, and you got to be able to hit the ball, okay? Once we get those things down, then we can start thinking through the game. So we got in the backyard, we're throwing the baseball, you know, I'm kind of throwing it soft, and he's catching it, he's got a new glove, he's super amped about it, throwing, he's catching, I mean, he's doing amazing. He's throwing the ball really, really well. I was like, dang, Cam, you're doing good, man, this is, this is pretty impressive. And then all of a sudden, Braden comes out. Now, Braden, big brother, he's, they're, they're 18 months apart, but Braden has played baseball, he loves baseball, and he, um, he likes to throw the ball really hard, which is fun for me. And so Braden gets on one side of the yard, Cam's on one other side of the yard, and we start throwing the ball. And so I'm like lobbing it to Cam, Cam throws it to me. I turn and I fire it to Braden a little bit harder. Braden like throws it as hard as he can to me, and I'm like, all right. And I lob it to Cam, and we just keep doing this. Well, all of a sudden, I kind of get in the zone and I lose focus. Throw it to Braden, Braden throws it to, to me really hard. And there's this thing I used to do when I played baseball where I would um, actually not catch the ball. And some of you baseball players may know this, but I wouldn't actually catch the ball. I would just let the ball hit the side of my glove and grab it with my hand and like to turn two because I was an infielder. And so Braden throws the ball to me real hard. I catch it on the side of my glove and naturally out of reaction, I sling it at Cam. Dad of the year award right here. As soon as it left my fingers, it was like, no, like I start reaching for the ball because I just know it's not going to end well. Cam puts his glove up which I was super proud. I was like, dude, he's not even bailing. He needs to bail. He needs to bail. He need, it's like slow motion. The ball goes right off the tip of his glove and hits him right in the eye. And immediately, he throws his glove down, falls on the ground, and screams because this is Camden. Like, he doesn't do anything a little bit, okay? Like, he is screaming like somebody just chopped his leg off. Like, and I'm like, oh, and I immediately, I'm running over to him. Brandy, my wife, comes running outside, and she's just looking at me. She's like, because last year, Camden got hit with a baseball in a baseball game and has not really wanted to play baseball ever since. So dad of the year hits him in the face, all right? And so I go over and I pick him up immediately and I'm like, oh, I don't even want to see it because he's just covering his eye. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's gone. <laughs> it's just, it's, and finally he uncovers his eye and he's got a little bit of a swell already starting and I carry him inside and he's just screaming, screaming. I'm like, Cam, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You can punch me in the face if you want to. And he's like, bam, he hits me in the back with his backhand and he just, he's screaming. And finally he kind of calmed down. We start talking. I'm like, Cam, I'm really sorry, man. I just, I don't know what happened. I threw the ball too hard and I shouldn't have. I'm sorry. He goes, you're the worst ever. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> I couldn't argue with him. And we started talking. I said, Cam, I'm really sorry. I said, do you still want to play baseball? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, I was surprised. I was like, really? Because Brandy's like, he's never going to play baseball now. She doesn't really talk like that. Don't tell her I said that. Um, and I'm like, all right. I was like, you want to go out and throw some more? He goes, not right now, but dad, I, I still want to be a baseball player. I still want to throw and I still want to get better. I was like, all right, cool. We'll pick up. We can, we can work with this. And the reason I tell you that story tonight is because the same thing is true for us in life. Nothing happens by accident. We have to have a plan. Camden and I have a plan. Cam, we're going to start throwing twice a week, we're going to start hitting, and we're going to start catching the ball, and we're going to get better at being a baseball player, but it's not going to happen by accident. You're not going to sit upstairs and play um, MLB the show and become an awesome baseball player. So we put a plan in place, 
and it didn't even go exactly the way he hoped it would the first time, but he's still committed to the plan. And in 2018, there's a plan I want us to adopt. There's a plan I want us to rally around in order to see God do something on purpose in our lives and through our lives. But it's not going to happen by accident. And so to understand this a little bit more, I want us to read Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14. I want to look at, at three verses tonight. And I want us to gain some insight and understand the assignments on our life. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says this. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that you may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Just leave that up on the screen for a minute. So Jesus actually spoke these words. He spoke these words to his followers. He spoke these words um, as part of maybe one of the greatest sermons ever preached. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount. If you read, uh, want to go back and read Matthew chapter 5, you can read the entire thing. But Jesus is, is, is helping people understand something important. He's saying, you are the light. Who's he talking to? He's talking to people who have decided to follow him. And they may not have it all figured out. They may not understand everything. But he's saying, hey, you want to follow me. Here's what that means. You are the light. What difference does that make? Why is that important? Why is he using light as an illustration to help us understand what it looks like to live out faith in him? Well, I don't think anybody in the room would argue with me when you think about darkness in comparison to our world. There's, there's, there's darkness in our world. I mean, you can, you can watch the news and you see the craziness um, going on in the news. You know, there's this hashtag movement, this hashtag Me Too movement. It's all about sexual harassment. Sexual harassment in the workplace and different environments, um, people assaulting women. Like, it's, it's insane. But what's, what's insane is not just that it's happening, but it, that it's been happening for so long and it's been covered up by so many people. So it's not just that it happened, but it's been happening and people have been saying, oh, you know what, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Like, there's a brokenness there. There's a darkness in that. You start watching the news and you read about war, there's chaos going on, politicians are crazy, Republicans, Democrats, all together, listen, elephant, donkey, poop comes out of both, okay? So there, like, there's brokenness, there is darkness in our world, and you can look at the TV and you can watch it, and you can hear about 27 million people in tra human trafficking, people whose lives are being put on an auction block for the satisfaction of other people. It's slavery going on all across our world. That's brokenness. That, there's a darkness. Where does that darkness come from? It comes from people who have decided to live life away from God. And that's who we all are at the core of, of ourselves. We're all part of that. We're all born into that. Now we can choose to walk in the light, and that's what I'm talking about tonight. But there's this darkness. There's this heaviness. And it's really easy to recognize it kind of around us and out there and on the news and on TV, but if we're paying attention, it's going on really close to us too. I mean, think about this for a second. Have you ever been lied to? I mean, has anybody in the room ever had somebody tell them something that wasn't true, but you believed it? And maybe it was somebody that you really, really trusted and they told you a lie and maybe they, they broke your trust and you were really, really hurt by that. That's a result of darkness. Someone taking advantage of their authority in your life or someone 
um, that has hurt you, somebody who has betrayed you, someone who has made fun of you, somebody who has pushed you out. That's all darkness. But let's not just stop it, think about everything going on around us. Let's think about ourselves. Let me listen. There's, there's darkness in my life. There's darkness I fight every single day. I'm a selfish person. I can, make, I can find myself being incredibly selfish some days, and it's just like it comes out of nowhere. It's like I know how to do it naturally because I do. There's days I don't, I don't feel like I want to be a good father. There's days I don't want to be a good husband. There's days that I don't want to be a good person to work with, that I don't want to be a good student pastor. Where does that all come from? There's a, there's a darkness in us. And what Jesus is talking about in this passage is saying, hey, there's this darkness, and it is overwhelming. It is destructive. It steals. It kills. It destroys. But I have a plan, and there's a remedy, and that remedy is light. That remedy is you. You want to follow me. Jesus is saying, you want to follow me. You want to be my followers. You want to be my disciples. You want to be someone who calls himself a Christian. And you've got to understand that you are the light. And he's saying, when you go out into the world, it's obvious. You know, it's interesting. If you, if you go back into verse 15, actually put that back up for just a second. In verse 15, it says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. In this day, in this context, in this history, there was no electricity yet. So if you had light, it was, it was coming from a flame. So you didn't light a flame to light up a room and then put a box over it. No, you put light in a room, and every single person in the room recognized that light. You can't keep people from seeing the light when it's in the darkness. So what Jesus is saying in verse 16, he's saying, hey, listen, you are the light. Jump to verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others. I love, love, love this place, and I love that over the years there's been students after student after student after student who have said, man, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be baptized. Um, I'm, I'm all in. And that's exciting. But I think what's even more exciting is when people understand that that decision, that commitment is not just a one-time thing. It's something they commit to for the rest of their life. And I believe that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, hey, there's an assignment on your life. There's a remedy for this world. There's a remedy for this darkness, for the brokenness that you've experienced, for the brokenness that you see on TV, the brokenness that people tweet about, for the, the people that tweet. I mean, there's, there's brokenness that's just in that, like alone. But in all of this brokenness, there's, there's a remedy. And it is a group of people who are sold out to Jesus that are a light in their world. And so I want us to think about that tonight. You know, there's times in my life um, as a student pastor, that, and I, I get to this place, and I've been to this place uh, a couple different times, but there's been times where I have gotten to this place where I, I said, man, I, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I get discouraged, or I get frustrated, or I just get tired, and I have these thoughts of like, man, I'm, I'm going to throw in the towel, like I'm going to go work at McDonald's. <laughs> not really, it's not that bad. But then it doesn't take very long for me to begin to look around and see the darkness, and begin to feel the weight of that, and understand that Jesus didn't task one or two people in this world to be the light. He tasked me, and I need to worry about me. He tasked you, and you need to worry about you. This isn't a message for, for you to be nudging your neighbor. This is a message for us just to self-reflect and understand where are we in this idea that I am to be the light. In 2018, my purpose and our purpose as a student ministry is to be the light because there's, an, there's a world of darkness. There's an epidemic of darkness around us. 
And God's plan, God's cure, God's remedy is to use his people to be the light. And as we are the light, then he changes the lives through us. And so in order for us to understand this really simply tonight, because listen, I'm not a super intelligent person. And so I need to kind of break it down. I need some steps, just like with my six-year-old trying to teach him how to play baseball. Cam, there's three steps. We got to learn how to throw, we got to learn how to hit, and we got to learn how to catch. And if we can do those things, you're going to be a good baseball player. So in order for us to be the light in 2018, to see God work in my life and through my life, I've got to do three things, and that you have to do three things. If you want to be a part of this and say, man, Jesus, I'm all in, I'm going to be a light, I'm not going to be concealed, I'm not going to be confined, my light is going to shine, then you've got to do these three things. The first thing is simply this, you've got to own it. You've got to own it. You've got to own the assignment. You've got to own the task that you've been tasked with. And sometimes we struggle with that because we don't like to be told what to do. I, I, I struggle with this. I think it's because I'm the oldest child in my family. So I kind of grew up in charge all the time with my two younger brothers. And so I don't particularly enjoy being told what to do. And so when Jesus shares this command, he says, go be the light in the world. I'm like, ah, hang on, hang on a second. He's telling, me, he's telling me what to do again. And it bothers me. But I have to reflect and I have to understand. What's the first step? I have to own it. I have to understand. It's not just something I've been tasked with. It's something that God wants to work good in my life as he works good through my life to impact the people around me. Luke chapter 9 verse 23 simply says this. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So what does it mean to own it? First of all, you've got to own it for yourself personally. This verse is intense. And so in order for us to own it, we have to come to the understanding that Jesus is is asking, he is requiring, he's saying, I want your whole life, all of you, all your dreams, all your hopes, all your wishes, all your talents, all your abilities, I want it all because I want to take and do something different with it. Um, Jesus describes himself as being the light of the world. You can go read about it in John chapter 12. You know, it's interesting because, I've, and I've talked about this before, but light is, um, makes us uncomfortable. Light can bother us. And sometimes the things that Jesus is um, calling me to do with my life bother me because it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But every single day, Jesus is saying, deny myself, take up my cross daily. Every day. Deny myself. I struggle with that. Listen, this verse is a punch in my throat. Because it says, deny myself. And I told you a second ago, I'm a little bit of a selfish person. I want to do what I want to do. All right? I want to self-indulge sometimes. I want to focus on me. But this verse says, no, deny yourself. So take yourself and set it to the side and focus on something bigger than you. And then he says, take up their cross. We don't really understand the gravity of that. He's not talking about take up your piece of jewelry. Don't take up your wall art. Cross was something that was used to kill people in an incredibly humiliating, torturous way. You know, I don't think anybody ever wore a cross around their neck until after the crosses were no longer being used as a source of death. And I'm not saying don't wear a cross because I think it represents something now. But don't minimize what this verse is saying. What it's saying, he's saying, deny yourself, take 
who you are, set it to the side because you're trusting and you're believing that Jesus has a better plan for your life. And as you trust him, you got to understand that you are making a commitment to him and probably sacrificing some things in your own life. It's going to cost you something. It's actually going to cost you everything. That's what that's saying. Deny yourself. Understand the cost. It's going to cost you everything. And follow me every single day. I don't know about you, but me, there's days that I'm like, Jesus, can I just have a day off today? Like somebody cuts me off in traffic, and I'm like, hey, Jesus, I'm going to need a minute to take some time off, okay? So um, if you just kind of turn around, don't watch what's about to happen, and then, you know, but, but that's not what it says. It says every single day. The days I don't feel like it, the days that maybe things don't go as good as I hoped they would, the days that the darkness just really starts to press in and paralyze me a little bit, he says every single day, every single day, I own it. Here's what happens. As we own it every single day, fully committed every single day, we own it for ourselves. It's not about our parents or what our parents want us to do, but when I own it, it takes us to the next step, which is live it. Every single day, live it. Now, here's the misconception. Sometimes people who, um, maybe you know some people and you're like, man, I met a Christian one time and that dude was weird. Like, he was just weird. He was strange. He did weird things. He sang weird songs. He had weird cuss words. Like, he listened to weird music. Like, it, he, he, was just, he was just strange. Listen, Jesus isn't calling people to follow him so you can be a weirdo and nobody wants to be anything like you, okay? So don't, don't misunderstand what, what's happening here. That's, that's just what some people choose to be. People who are weirdos and follow Jesus are just Jesus-following weirdos, okay? That's all that is. That's not what Jesus is calling us to be. He's calling us to be bold, courageous, loving people all at the same time. You know, I, um, I think about this and I, I begin to look at Oftentimes when I need to know how to live as a follower of Jesus, I need to look at the life of Jesus. And it's interesting because as I begin to own my faith and I begin to live that out, the times where I recognize that I may be being the best at being light in my life is when I'm with people. And so I think what this means is that we live it out because I look at the life of Jesus and whether he was um, debating the law with the Pharisees or he was feeding the thousands of people with a few pieces of food or if he was um, healing a a beggar on the side of the road, in all those instances, he had people with him living life together, doing life together. And as he was living this out, it was making an impact on the people around him. Um, my, My dad is an incredible man. He's one of the most incredible men I've ever met, I've ever been around. He's a solid, devoted follower of Jesus. But did you know that my dad has never preached at me? My dad has never um, shamed me. He's never tried to make me feel condemned for the way that I live and because it doesn't maybe always match up with exactly the way Jesus wants it to be. But do you know how my dad has influenced my life in an incredible way? Every single day that I can remember growing up, he was in his office with his Bible open and a cup of coffee, just reading God's word and praying. He never forced me to do it. He never made me feel bad for not doing it on a lot of days, but I saw it. And he was preaching a sermon into my life every single day as he's spending time with God. But it wasn't just that he was being intellectually um, charged with uh, scripture, but he lived it out. 
I remember talking to different people that he worked with. My dad was a police officer. He was a Texas Ranger. And I'll talk to people like, man, your dad was the, the, most, um, the guy that had the most integrity of anybody I've ever worked with. That's not a coincidence. Because if you talk to my dad, he's like, man, I, was, I used to be super jacked up. But God began to do a work in his life. And here's what happens. As we own it and we begin to live it, God does an amazing work in us to transform us, but it begins to transform the lives of the people around us. And I began to experience life change in my life because of the life that my dad lived. He was committed to it every single day. I kind of had a gut check with this as I was thinking about it because I was like, man, what does it really look like to live it? Here's what I think it looks like to live it. You call yourself a Jesus follower. And listen, my, my desire tonight is not to shame anybody or make anybody feel guilty. I just want us to understand the assignment on our life as we call ourselves followers of Jesus. But if I'm going to live this out, what that means is, is that every single person I'm connected to never has to question, I wonder if he's a follower of Jesus. No, they just know it. Because it's who you are. It's how you live in every single area. It's not this thing that we show up at church, play some gaga ball, um, drink some hot chocolate, sing some songs, um, go kind of crazy, eat some crazy food that's making everybody's stomach hurt right now, and then do it all again next week. That's not what it is. It's taking advantage of the opportunities in the classroom, in your house, with your friends, with the people you work with, with the people that you have lunch with. It's being intentional to live it out. And as you live it out, God begins to work through you to impact the lives of those around you. Think about this. This was the gut check moment for me. How many people have I connected with through text message, social, social media, and conversation in the last month that may not know that I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm a student pastor. You know, I could think of a handful of people pretty quick. I don't think that's okay. That creates a stirring in me. I've got to fix that. I've got to change that. And so as I own it and I live it, then I have to take step three. And step three is this, speak it. So I'm going to own it. Everybody say own it. Everybody say, I'm going to live it, live it. And then we're going to speak it. Own it, live it, speak it. That was the struggle bus. Here's what that doesn't mean. I had a friend in high school. We went to youth camp one time, and he met Jesus, and he was, like, sold out. Like, he was ready to take on the gates of hell with a water pistol, and he was like, nobody was going to stop the dude, all right? Like, he was, he was stoked, and he's like, man, I can't wait to get back home. He goes, I can't wait to tell Corby, who was one of his friends, um, and he said, I can't wait to tell him about Jesus. And here's what he did. We got home from camp. That very night, we hung out with Corby. And he pulled out a cigarette lighter. And he put it up to Corby's ear and burned his ear. And he goes, you like that? And Corby's like, what's wrong with you, man? You just burned my ear. He goes, hell's going to be a lot hot, hotter. You want to know Jesus? And I'm like, uh. I was like, I, 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 don't, I, don't, think that's the, I don't think that's the tactic. Like, like the, that's, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. Like, I'm not asking you to sit in your classroom and the person in front of you starts cheating, and you'd be like, hey, hey, that cheating that you're doing, God's going to send you to hell. Don't cheat. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. 
What I'm talking about is as you own it, as you go all in, you fully commit to Jesus, and you begin to live that out, your life is going to demand an explanation. And there's going to be a time where you're going to have to share a response for why things are the way in your life because of the work that God is doing in your life. Look what 1 Peter chapter 3 says. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I'll never forget this moment about three years ago. Standing right out here, right outside by the fire pit. We're about to go hang out in just a second. I was talking to this guy, talking to this student, and he was, he was all over the place. And I'm just, he was like, man, this was kind of fun. He goes, I don't know that I understand everything. And he's like, why, why do you all sing? I was like, well, you know, I, I just, I believe that God is amazing, that God is big, that he is holy, and that he desires to hear from us. And it's just one of the ways that we get to express our gratitude and our love and our appreciation to a God who loves us. And uh, he goes, oh, you think God made all of this? And I'm like, that's, that's what I believe. Yeah, I, I believe that God created all of this. He created me, and he wants a relationship with me. He goes, I think God, he goes, I'm not sure I believe that. He said, I think that um, we came from aliens. And I was like, what the what? Like, I, like, I've never had, nobody's ever responded. And I thought he was joking. And I was like looking around. I'm like, all right, who's got the camera? Who's trying to put me up to this? And he's like fully all in alien theology. And I'm like, like, I can talk to the Hindu, I can talk to the Muslim, I can talk to anybody, but I don't know what to do with the alien guy, all right? Like, it, I, I just, I've never, had, I've never had that conversation. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't push back on him and say, dude, you're an idiot. You have no idea what you're talking about. You know what I did is I think, I, I think what I did, and listen, I'm not perfect at this, but in this instance, I just began to share the reason for the hope that I have. And you know where that comes from? That comes from my story. And you can't argue with my story because my story is my story. It's what's happened to me. It's what God has done in my life, through my life. You have a story. What's your story? You want to be light in the world? Share your story. You don't have to have a bunch of theological answers. You want to know how you share your story? Simply just like this, three parts. First part is before I met Jesus. Like just spend a minute or two talking about what was life before, what was life like before you met Jesus? And then talk about what was it that happened that made you understand who Jesus is and made you decide that you wanted to live your life for him? How did that happen? What did that look like? And then number the part the third part to that is my life since I met Jesus. Because it was never intended to be a one-time decision. It's a life fully committed. And as we live for him, he does work in our lives and through our lives. Just share your story. You can't argue with your story. We like to tell excuses. Like some of the most common excuses are, are this. I, I don't know what to say, Wes. Well, listen, I just, I just helped you out. Because you have a story. Just share your story. What confidence do you have in a God who loves you? Because you've actually experienced that love in your own life. Just talk about that. Listen, just, just simply make an invitation. Did you know that you can invite people to this place? And every single week we set it up in such a way that we get to ask the questions. So maybe you're like, man, I'm not sure I'm asking the questions right. I'm not sure that my story was making a whole lot of sense. Like, that's okay. Let's build on that. Bring them. Be a bringer. 
You know, I hear other excuses like, Wes, you know, I, I just think that I'm going to witness with my life. I'm just going to let my life declare what I believe. That's great. And that's powerful. But at some point, it's going to demand a verbal explanation. So share your story. Talk about it. And the reality of that is, is at some point, you're going to disappoint people with the way that you live. So you can't just rely on your actions. Another thing that I hear is, um, Wes, I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm busy. You're right. We're an incredibly busy culture. But here's what I know is true. In everything that creates busyness in our life, other people are involved in the same busyness with us. And so as you own it and you live it, you have time for conversation about it. And so let's be the light in our world. But here's the thing we have to understand. Light makes us uncomfortable. Light bothers us. Over Christmas break, I was um, right before Christmas, my, my kids, are there kids in the room? I don't want to shatter anybody's dreams tonight. Okay, we got one. All right, cool. Um, well, we have this thing called Elf on a Shelf. You maybe have one. And um, our neighbors have one. And our kids are really good friends. And so um, I walk upstairs because my kids, they just don't like to go to sleep at night. And like an hour after I put them in bed, they're still up there just clowning around. And so I'll walk up there sometimes and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll scare them. Sometimes I'll just walk in and be like, get your butt in your bed and go to sleep. Um, so this night, particular night, um, it was late, it was the holiday, and so I just kind of sneak up there, and I'm laying on their floor, and they don't even know it. And I'm just listening to them talk. And they're like making fart sounds with their armpits. They're talking about all kinds of weird things. And then Cam's like, hey, hey, Bray, do you think Cash's elf is dead? So he's talking about his elf on the shelf, and Bray's like, oh, he's totally dead. He hasn't moved in two days. And I'm like, dude, his parents are failing. <laughs> like, they have totally dropped the ball with the elf on the shelf. And then they're like, Cam's like, you know what, Braden? I think our elf is real. He's famous. Like, did you see him? They have, they, have, they have fake Jake's. That's what our elf's name is. They have fake Jake's on the shelves at Target. Our elf is famous. Like, they're sitting there having this full-blown conversation in the dark, pitch dark. Eventually, I just slam the wall and turn the light on. They go, ah! They scream. But they were like, they couldn't, they couldn't like, look at me. Cam Gets all, he, he's, he's all disoriented, he's all confused, he runs into his bed, he hits his head, like, yeah, I know, he's an eye injury, busted head, he's got all kinds of issues. And so, but there's this moment when the light comes on, and they're disoriented, they're uncomfortable, they're bothered, they're frustrated at me because I made him hit his head on the wall, all these things. But it didn't take long that they began to kind of calm down and settle and be able to see things a little bit more clearly. And the reason I say that is because oftentimes I talk about that for us personally, but here's the reality. As you let your light shine, there's going to be many instances where people around you, as you own it, you live it, and you speak it, it's going to bother them. It's going to make them uncomfortable. And oftentimes, what we do as followers of Jesus, we oh, man, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, you, and we back off, we close up, we go back in the closet. But that's not what we're called to do. Listen, expect that. But know that light can be uncomfortable, light can bother people, but let them adjust. Let them, let them get to see it. Let them see consistency. And I believe God will do incredible things in their lives. Um, let me, let's do this. Um, can we turn the lights off in the room? And, and listen, I'm just going to ask that you be mature. Don't touch anybody next to you. But I want us to think about this light in the darkness. Can we turn this to y'all? Yeah, y'all are smart. A lot smarter than I am. Listen. 
nobody in this room is going to argue with me that there is darkness in this world and that it is difficult to navigate this life. There was a time when I was 17 years old. I had grown up in church, but I finally decided that I was going to own this relationship with Jesus for myself. I wasn't going to do it because my parents wanted me to do it. I, was, I, I finally realized that it was the best life for me and that I had a sin problem and Jesus needed to fix that for me. And he was the only thing that could fix it. And so as I owned that, I began to live that out and I began to even have conversation about it. But what happened is, is there, was, there, was, uh, there was light in my life, okay? And I'm not trying to blind you. I'm just going to hold this up like this. But here's what happens. As we begin to live this out, our light becomes visible to the people around us. Like you can't avoid seeing the light. It's impossible. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Let's do this. Let's have a little bit of fun. Um, if you are a freshman, I'm going to ask that you, if you've got a phone with a flashlight on it, just go ahead and turn yours on and kind of just, just hold it up. Just listen, just listen, just listen, 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 listen. <clears throat> this is clearly the freshman section. Listen. So, so check this out. Just, just think about this for a second. I want us to see the imagery here. My light's on. There's a lot of lights on over here. But it's not everybody. But I can see a little bit more. I can almost see faces. But I, I can't really. But I see some silhouettes. Things are starting to get a little bit clearer. Sophomores, turn your lights on. Juniors, seniors, get ready, but not yet. Sophomores, turn your lights on. All right, there's a sophomore section over here. I didn't know we were that um, divided. All right, so sophomores got their lights on. Listen, I'm, I'm starting to see faces. Like, I'm starting to recognize people. I see you. I see you. You look good. You look good. This is, that's a good light for you. Yeah, no makeup necessary. Um, all right, juniors, turn your lights on. Dang, what is that? I want that light. No, 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 no. Don't be bashful. Like, let your light shine, girl. Come on. Now, listen. Listen. There's another one. Like, I, I see friends now. Like, I can see your faces. Things are, things are getting a little bit brighter. The darkness is, is no longer void of light, okay? I could, I could if I wanted to, I'm not going to do this. But I could run around this room and feel pretty confident that I'm not going to trip and fall because I can see. All right? It's, it, I think it's safe. Seniors, turn your lights on. Yeah. All the people that could give a rip about school right now just turn their lights on. They're like, what's the point of this semester? I'm graduating in May. All right? Listen. All right, so we've got all these lights on. Every single one of these lights represents a life. But here's what I want us to understand. It's gotten really bright in here. It's pretty easy to see. It's pretty clear to see. Leave your lights on. Some of you guys are like, man, I'm done. I'm not playing. You're killing my battery, Wes, and I don't have a charger. But here's what I want us to understand. Here's, here's, here's what I don't want you to miss tonight. Jesus gave us an assignment. And he talked about it more than just the passage we read. But he's told us to go out. And be an influence in our world around, around us. Let our light shine. He didn't say go change lives. He didn't say go make people believe. He just said let your light shine. He'll do the work. 
just let your light shine. And I believe as light begins to take over the darkness, we begin to see our friends' lives change. We begin to see our parents' lives change, our brothers, our sisters, our grandparents, our teammates, our teachers, our principals. And listen, there's nothing, there's nothing I want to see happen more than that in the year 2018. And I believe that God wants to use us because, listen, I don't believe that lives are going to be impacted by my messages on Wednesday nights at Community Faith. Anything like they could be influenced by the time we invest in the people around us as we love God and as we love them. Here's what I want you to pay attention to. We've got all this light right here, but there's some really dark corners. There's a really dark section back there. There's a really dark corner over there. There's room in the darkness for more. And so it's important for us to own this, to live it, and to speak it. And I believe, and I'm praying that God would fill this room in 2018. We're dreaming as a team. We're like, man, what would it look like for 800 students to be on this campus on a Wednesday night? We're not that far off from that. Like, there's, there's nights where there's five, 550. So we're, we're not talking about a huge increase. Maybe God wants to blow Thanks our minds and do even more than that. But listen, he's Jacob not going to do that he's with just do it West with all of us and all of our little brothers and sisters Jordan over Fink, in the middle school building. David Rudd, Taylor Perkins. So listen, let's be the lights. Here's what I want us to do. Here's how I want us to end tonight. I just want us to reflect because maybe we've got a little out of focus. We've lost a little bit of um, clarity on how we're supposed to do this. So I just want us to to reflect on that for a second. The band's going to come up. We're going to close this out. But I want us to understand the opportunity and the impact that could happen as we let our lights shine this year, as we own it, as we live it out, and as we speak about the why behind the way that we live. I want to pray for that, and then after we pray, here's what I want us to do. I want us to celebrate in advance because we can celebrate believing that God wants to do even more than we are asking him to do. And we're asking him to fill this room. And listen, it's not about a number 800. It's not about a number to me. But every single number is a name, is a person, and I believe that that person matters to God, and God wants to rescue them from the darkness. And so it's not really about the number to me. I just know that there's a lot of darkness, and God is asking us to do something about it and to be the light. So let's pray, and then let's celebrate tonight, and that still feels a little bit different because, like, man, I, 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 we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate believing that God is going to fill this room, and not just fill this room, but he's going to impact the lives of hundreds of students through you, not me, through you. Thank you for tuning in to the Student Podcast. Check us out on Twitter or Instagram at CLFSchool.